Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. to Brave the Wild with me, your host, pal Dino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on all of your favorite podcasting apps and is also a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Thank you once and always, Dylan and Kyle, for having me on board your page and network. Really always appreciate it. Thank you once and always for downloading and listening to this show. It is a great pleasure to be back on board with you once again today here in the Twin Cities, Golden Valley, Minnesota. It's melting, it's warming up out there, just in time for another snowstorm, supposedly, or winter weather advisory. Sometimes that's how the wild feels. Uh, you get this kind of situation pops up, then we start playing better, then they drop off, then you start playing better. But overall, though, the positive is the consistency in terms of the wild have been getting points in every game, in every game. In fact, 14 in a row, a 14-game point streak. The Minnesota Wild wind up with five out of six possible points this past week. Could it have just as easily been six out of six? Yeah, because the overtime loss was to the Arizona Coyotes, and it was a freaking mess. Uh, Vimilka wasn't all that great, the goaltender. It was, you know, it was a sloppy game. But the Minnesota Wild are actually scoring goals now, go figure. Kirill Kaprizov, you know, had been injured the night before versus the Winnipeg Jets. The timetable hadn't been announced, and if you've been living in a cave, it's three to four weeks. Now, of course, let's call it two to three weeks because it's been a week. So that's common logic there. Uh... And you figured we're winning games two to one, basically two to one, one to two, whatever the heck, and getting this amount of points out of that, and you know, doing pretty well, and moving up into second place in the division, which nobody saw happening not that long ago, um, including myself. Like none of us saw it happening, but it's been impressive. We've been playing Jacques Lemaire style, really good special teams, including the penalty kill, which got annihilated yesterday versus the St. Louis Blues in one of the craziest eight to five games of all time. Um, yeah, you know, the the power play had been playing well, or had been scoring, so to speak. But the 5-on-5 five five had been poor, porous. And now all of a sudden we're scoring goals like last year. We're scoring goals like one of the elite offenses in the NHL, which the Wild were last season. So go figure. It's kind of like, hey, we need to wake up and score. And they woke up and score, I guess. So <laughs> they woke up and are scoring. So, all right, nice. Good for the Minnesota Wild. And the point streak continues now 14 in a row, which is a franchise record. 
three games to review, three games to preview. But it's going to be more of a topical thing than the than the, what I've been doing about just game reviews. They'll kind of in and out. Again, I mean, 14-game point streak. You can't really uh, sneeze at that. Minnesota Wild did play some pretty mediocre teams this past week. And, you know, it's kind of frustrating how sloppy some of the games were, as that's definitely been a trend. And, of course, Yahoo is being sloppy and stupid right now, as it has become almost every week. Uh, it's, gosh, like, you know, <laughs> it's a 14, 14 consecutive shows that Yahoo's acted up, where it didn't used to act up at all. It was like the Kel Ripken. It was always ready to roll. But now it's going the opposite direction. A 5-2 victory over the San Jose the San Jose, no, I'm just kidding, the San Jose Sharks on Saturday, March 11th. Another one of those late games, which I enjoy very much on the weekends. And it looks like I'll be staying on second shift for the foreseeable future, depending on how things go. So I'll just leave that as is. That's an inside conversation. I was possibly moving to first for a different job, but I guess not. Um, we'll see, though. Maybe, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe, it'll, maybe I'll have an improved job on second shift. That's a, a new option that's popped up. Matt Boldy, multiple points after, you know, obviously struggling forever. One goal, one assist. Hartman with a couple of assists. What a great week for Ryan Hartman. Let's be honest. He's been a completely different player the past uh, several games, to be quite honest. Uh, he's, you know, I, uh, it's not like he's been on a particular point streak, but pretty much since about February 19th, he's been damn good. I mean, he got four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine, ten points since February 19th. Not great, but certainly not bad. And again, the three points last night versus the St. Louis Blues in a very epic battle back and forth. Again, Hartman hasn't been elite or spectacular, but he's been a completely different player. There's no question about it. Um, completely different player. The past approximate month or so, three weeks to a month, and it, it's been nice. It's been really nice to see him. Of course, he leads the team in penalty minutes, which is not good. So that's continuing to be an issue, but maybe improving slightly in that conversation. I apologize if my voice isn't perfect, uh, or all, not, not that it ever is perfect, but certainly not uh, up to where I'd like it to be. Uh, kind of been recovering from something the past, since about last Friday, there was a fire, not a fire alarm, but a fire at work. So I was outside, and they forced you to go outside without even being able to get your coach for 50 minutes. That didn't really help, and it's like I immediately got a cold after that. So all of this talk about that's just a myth, it's only a virus, blah, blah, blah. I, there is something to being stuck out in the cold, you know, without any, like, you know, protection, so to speak, for an extended period. There is something to that. It's not just a, a wives' tale or something. <laughs> so it's not just some kind of myth that people made up in 17, 1701 or something, or 1501. Um, but back to hockey, I apologize. <laughs> and, you know, and the Sharks definitely outplayed the Wild in the first period, getting tons and tons of shots on net and all that, but the Wild definitely uh, applied themselves, became assertive, and ended up winning the game 5-2 to two in a fairly impressive battle. Marcus Johansson with his 14th goal, Matt Zuccarillo definitely taking on more than he had in the past. Well, basically shooting the puck more than he had in the past, because he's not just passing back and forth with Kirill Kaprizov, trying to get cued, and I think that was a huge problem forever. A lot of people were getting really frustrated with that, with the uh, back and forth, uh, you know, deal. That's where that whole commercial came from. And Ryan Hartman's like, you know, drinking the coffee. Like, enough. Just give me the coffee. <laughs> and it's kind of funny. And Hartman has certainly been drinking coffee lately. Yeah, in terms of what that commercial was representing. <laughs> Always got a kick out of that one. That's one of the better Minnesota Wild commercials of all time. And it makes sense. Um, 
And sometimes that's what you have to do. Uh, they're actually drinking the coffee instead of just passing the cup back and forth. It's, it's that simple. Just drink the damn coffee. Should that be the title of the episode or 14-game point streak? Maybe drink the coffee. I don't know. Now I'm kind of leaning towards that. We'll see. I mean, 14-game <laughs> point streak is pretty cool, though, because it is a franchise record. A nice win. Uh, Matt Boldy did get <laughs> Matt Boldy's goal. Matt Goldy. Matt Boldy's goal. His 18th of the year. Was an empty netter, but again, score somehow, some way. Somehow, some way. Unfortunately, Sammy Walker, upon being called up, has been pretty much riding in the press box until uh, the past game or so. Uh, DeHame is still recovering. Kalen uh, Addison's been stuck in the press box until last night with, of course, off and on injuries with certain players like uh, um, Middleton was sick, apparently. So that's a, uh, another thing. Matt Dumba almost never winds up in the score sheet. Klingberg has certainly been providing offense, but has been a little scary defensively, apparently. So, yeah, people have been really, yeah. He's been shaky defensively, almost like, I don't know. It's kind of weird. It's like he was never known for defense, but he thought he'd be a little better. I don't know if he's picking up bad habits from the Ducks or just... He, I don't remember him being so shaky like that with Dallas. I always saw him as an intimidating, super talented defenseman. So, I don't know. That just shows how much I know, I guess. <laughs> it does. Maybe just not watching him close enough, I guess, where other people might be able to really break down uh, what John Klingberg did with the Dallas Stars. But I certainly saw him as someone I feared and respected with that team for quite a while. But certainly a nice win by the San Jose uh, Eric Carlsons, nonetheless. It is the San Jose Eric Carlsons. I mean, an 80-plus point defenseman with, you know, about a month ago still. He has a shot at 100 points this year. 100 points. Pretty damn cool. See if he can do it. I'm, I'm rooting for him. It's a shame he's stuck on a team that is, you know, that's way out of the postseason, unfortunately. Another team that's way out of the postseason, the Arizona Coyotes playing in their mullet arena where the uh, Arizona State Sun Devils play. Not Arizona, but Arizona State Sun Devils play. And they, believe it or not, do have a hockey program. That's why it's a hockey arena. It's just kind of funny. It's just kind of funny. And there's ongoing conversation about, well, you know, I mean, get, get the arena deal done or they will end up having to move after all. Even though the NHL has definitely been protecting them and taking their sweet time about, hey, you know, see if you can get something done. See if you can get something done. Which is what the uh, NHL did not do for the Minnesota North Stars. Oh, so long ago. It was like, welcome to Dallas. Wow, we could actually open up a hockey market in Dallas, Texas. What do you think of that? Oh, Minnesota. Oh, yeah, well, well, we'll see. We'll we'll see about Minnesota. But, uh, well, well, they're not helping the North Stars, so screw them. They're going to Dallas now. That's pretty much what happened, which pissed a lot of people off. The Arizona Coyotes game must have pissed a lot of people off as well. Again, Zuccarello shooting the damn puck, which we appreciate in scoring. Boldy actually had a pretty nice breakaway and goal. That was cool. So back-to-back games with a goal. Appreciate that, Boldy. Really much so. And he had a multi-point game last night versus the Blues. Two assists. So pretty good week for Boldy. Racking up the points a little bit. It's about time, damn it. He has these off-and-on streaks, but he's now at 47 points in 68 games. It's, you know, it's getting there. It's getting there. Certainly not at the money value he'll be starting to get paid next season, but uh, at age 21, 22, I don't know if you're going to be an $8 million or $7 million a year guy. But we'll see. And it is ironic, again, how Fiala wanted $7 million years ago, but it wound up not happening. But obviously the cap situation was what it was, and there's pretty much nothing you could do. You have to, I mean, you'd have to give up certain players. Obviously, Boldy would not have been able to be re-signed. It's that simple. Boldy would have been traded, almost certainly, in order to keep Fiala. So you have to take the good with the bad with everything. Um, Boldy, I mean, there's something there. Obviously, he's 
got some developing to do. He's got to be more consistent. He does turn the puck over a lot. That's been brought up. You'll see that on the fan interaction. It's true. He's not steady all the time. Sometimes he's quite shaky out there. He's the John Klingberg of the forwards. Tons of talent, but uh, what was that? What was that, man? What are you doing? What are you doing, huh? You know, it's kind of like that. Hey, what are you doing there, boys? What are you doing there, buddy, eh? No, okay, sorry. <laughs> Drew Erickson, heck. Drew Erickson, heck, yeah, he's at 52 points. Zuccarello, 63. Yeah, I mean, I know. I don't need to go up and down the roster necessarily just to annoy people. Ryan Reeves, though. Jeez, what's going on with this guy? <laughs> Gordy Howe, hat trick? All right. How about Ryan Reeves? And he likes to joke around about, uh, well, I guess if Kaprizov's out, that's going to fall on me now to start scoring some goals. <laughs> they're this team yeah I mean it's amazing the way they've stepped up and have scored goals but it's extremely frustrating how sloppy things have become as well it's like you, you tighten things up Kaprizov's there well we'll find goals with Kaprizov Zuccarillo you know setting Zuccarillo setting him up or scoring once in a while maybe this maybe this Matt Boldy guy we're counting on will score once in a while but but we have Kaprizov so we can really tighten things down and win games two to one we're, we're gonna have to because you know as we have great goaltending so might as well take advantage of that and, uh, you know, we'll score when we can, I guess. Hopefully, maybe Hartsey will have one bounce off his chest or something. You know, old, old Hartsey. Something. Or Freddie Goudreau will have some miracle play. Or, or he'll just win it for us in the shootout. Because, you know, Goudreau, he's going to win it for us in the shootout every time. So, and then now it's like wide open. It's like, it's like, this, this felt like a Todd Richards game in a lot of ways. Where it's like, yeah, well, we lost. We lost to this meet this below, well below average team. We lost. Ugh. We got a point, though. So, okay, it's better than nothing. But we lost. It's really annoying. And then Barrett Hayden, a four-point game. Clayton Keller with the game winner. The Jack McBain one was just a big breakdown defensively. That ended up tying the game up. You thought the Wild would be fine, and the next thing you know, Arizona ties the game up with, like, what? Like, half a minute left. Like, 30 seconds left. That was just, like, ugh. That was painful, man. No, half a minute. I'm looking at the wrong thing. That was... I'm looking at the absolute wrong thing. Half the period. I'm thinking the wrong way here. I'm thinking about a different game in the past. My brain is... Yeah, it's like, that's right. It was midway through the third period. Um, it was like, what just happened here? Uh, absolutely, what just happened? Uh, and, you know, I don't know what McBain's doing with Keller in that one, but okay. <laughs> it was one of those type of situations where you juggle the lineup or it's in the middle of a uh, line change and something happens, something good happens for Arizona. And, again, it was a terrible defensive breakdown for the Wild. He ended up losing the game, and Gustafson was not sharp. Easily his worst game in forever. Forever. His worst game in forever. Vizmilka, definitely a below-average goalie. He has moments, but I suppose Gustafson was thought of as a below-average goalie when he came to Minnesota from Ottawa. But the play in front of him is better, and he starts becoming more confident. And next thing you know, bada-bing, bada-boom, you got something going. Now, of course, last year the play in front of the goaltenders in Minnesota was not good. But this year, definitely a different story. Gustafson, even despite this nasty Arizona game, still has a save percentage at 93.1, which is sick, beyond belief. Three shutouts at 2.01 goals against average. I think he's, you know, he's he's up there. He's up there for a postseason award, possibly. But, yeah, this was easily his worst game in quite a while. He did give up three goals to Nashville in a victory. Dallas, 4-1 to loss. Yeah, yeah one of those is an empty netter, of course. Five, yeah, ugh. Four goals given up against Florida. Again, empty netter and a 5-3 loss. But overall, yeah, he's had a couple of those here and there, and Florida's offense is good. But then there were a lot of games where he'd only give up one or two goals for quite an extended period. So, again, 
just off and on he'll have one of those. Hopefully this is like it for a while again. Another four, five, six games. Gustafson will continue to be sharp and be one of the best goalies in the league. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, Fleury has been okay. In fact, he was downright excellent, I thought, against versus the San Jose Sharks. Certainly far from perfect. The second goal was like, what's going on here? It was a little bit a little bit slippery there, a little bit sieve-like, but I've, I've certainly seen worse. He just couldn't handle the puck at the inopportune time, unfortunately. But um, certainly was sharp at times versus St. Louis. But early on, I mean, kind of put us in a hole. And But then again, the play in front of Marc-Andre Fleury put us in a hole as well. Uh, I have a hard time blaming goalies for everything. The more and more you learn, you know, the more and more you watch closely to what's going on in front of the goaltender. Uh, if he's hung out to dry, he's hung out to dry. Uh, you know, and sometimes you hope he can make the big save, but sometimes they just can't. Uh, Fleury did face 36 shots versus St. Louis yesterday. The 15th of March, Thursday. No, no, Wednesday. Today's Thursday. What's wrong with me? Um, happy St. Paddy's Day tomorrow, I suppose, right? 17th. Um, did face 36 shots. One up with five goals given up. So, no, not a good game overall by Fleury. But the play in front of him certainly didn't help either. This was quite a drama show and quite entertaining, I'd have to say. Quite entertaining, <laughs> uh, to say the least. Um, why is nothing showing up? This is weird. Uh, yeah, this is so weird. But one way or another, Ryan Harmon did have a three-point game. Scored his uh, first goal of the game, accidentally bumped into, or was it accidentally, maybe didn't make much of an effort to move out of the way from Bennington. And then Bennington went after him and literally hit him with a blocker. And Hartman went down pretty hard. A penalty was called on Hartman. And they said roughing. I guess it counts as the way Hartman kind of bang, bumped into Bennington to begin with. I guess that's what it was. Uh, I guess. I guess it had to be. Bennington ended up being pretty much kicked out of the game. Um, it was a match penalty. Five minutes. And then the Wild just continued to go on a flurry after that. Uh, which felt wonderful. A Marc-Andre flurry, right? No, I'm kidding. Um... What am I missing here? It was, um, yeah, Hartman actually made it 5-4. to four. See, before that, I can imagine Bennington's frustration was already mounting because the Wild basically went boom, boom, boom in a less than, like in a one-minute, 58-second stretch. The Wild would score three goals in a row. John Klingberg putting the puck just in the right spot, just in the right spot to the left to the left shoulder over Bennington's right shoulder, actually. It was left of the TV screen, but right shoulder of Bennington. You have to look at it that way, of course. Um, left side for Klingberg. Okay, whatever. But uh, it was a great play. It was a great shot. Nicely placed for his ninth goal of the year. Sundqvist, again, one of those greasy playoff type of goals that you love, getting close and fighting and fighting and fighting and wind up scoring to tie the game up. And it's like, wow, this is after, again, going down 3-1, Flurry not so sharp, uh, but then again, the play in front of him, not so sharp, and the power plays, you know, the penalties and the poor penalty kill in front of uh, Marc-Andre Flurry certainly didn't help. It was back-to-back power plays, power play goals for Jacob Vrena. His fourth and fifth goals of the season on the power play, of course. Um, and that was in the first period, so the Wild down two goals. And then early in the second, there's that three-goal flurry. Now that I've said flurry 50 times in this show, <laughs> the Wild would end up scoring. Again, Klingberg placing it just right. Sundqvist with a greasy goal. And then kind of Mason Shaw just popping up open in a situation there. Uh, nice feed from Ryan Reeves. 
Mason Shaw pops open to score his sixth goal of the year. He had a pretty good week, too. And it's nice to see a lot of these guys that hadn't scored in, like, forever, having multi-point games and having, a, you know, multi-point week. And, uh, if not a multi-point game, a multi-point week, that type of situation. It's really nice to see guys like that. Uh, you know, even Steele factoring in the scoring throughout this week uh, a little bit. 25 total points for him. Shaw, finally, he was stuck at, what, like 11 points forever? 10, 11 points. Now he's at 15 uh, sixth goal of the year, so Shawzy as they call him, factoring in the scoring. Ryan Reeves, again, the Gordie Howe hat-trick versus the Arizona Coyotes. All Reeves needed to do was get in a fight in this one, as he would end up scoring against his former club, the St. Louis Blues. <laughs> and again, just a nice little swing as the puck just kind of came to him, swung at it, got it in the net as he was getting knocked down, and ended up scoring. And again, he joked again how, yep, I mean, I guess, they, you know, they're the goal scoring's got to fall on me now. You know? <laughs> He's having fun with that. And I don't know. He's a very likable guy, isn't he? A lot of us saw him as like this this, this kind of this bully, this tough guy, this SOB. But you just knew the minute he got here, it's like, we're going to love him. You just know we're going to love him. And then we love him. Hopefully uh, Ryan Reeves can stay. Love the personality. I'm sure the teammates love him very much. And heck, <laughs> it's kind of funny, you know, when he scores the goal. Scores the goal here and there. And, I don't know, and all the other personality and toughness he brings, he's a valuable piece. Hopefully the Wild can keep him in the offseason despite the uh, cap crunch, but we'll have to wait and see for that. Entertaining game. Um, one of the most annoying parts of this one is the fact they just would not let the two goalies go at it. Again, after Bennington went after uh, Hartman, Fleury came out uh, of the net, and uh, he wound up with a penalty as well. Unfortunately, for coming out of his crease the way he did it, coming all the way down the ice, um, and the, but the refs would not let Bennington and Fleury go at it. Uh, I remember seeing, I believe it was Andy Moog, and I, I think it was Andy Moog, and uh, Ed Belfour fighting. It might have been Curtis Joseph and Ed Belfour. You know, some of those some of those games in the past, maybe Blues versus Stars or Blues versus Blackhawks. Pretty sure I saw it before, but I know I've seen Belfour getting a little bit of a fight. It wasn't anything too long, though. It might have been more of a scuffle than really a fight with the other goalie. Might have been Curtis Joseph, but it's been years. It's been many years, unfortunately. Um, that was like 30 years ago, so early 90s, the good old days. You know, the good old days, right? But um, but before before hockey really clamped things down and everything was 2-1 to one for a while, <laughs> which not everybody liked. Uh, um but a very entertaining back-and-forth battle. There's no doubt about it. Hartman, again, multiple goal game. He did get the shorthanded goal with this, uh, basically, again, a takeaway pay, a takeaway and a goal shorthanded as well. Hartman kind of getting involved in everything. That's been the conversation, generally speaking, that he's back to getting involved in everything again. Uh, power play, penalty kill, and this and that. Greasy goals, like off the chest or whatever the heck it is, or just flat-out scoring, like like a scoring a goal scorer's goal. And uh, also, again, providing assists. So Hartman has certainly become a big factor and couldn't come at a better time when you need help. You need help out there. It's not just Kaprizov being a spectacular player that he is and people like Hartman getting assists or benefiting from the great passing skills of uh, Kaprizov, but Hartman being able to do it now with, you know, just Zuccarello or just this guy or that guy. Uh, it's been... Definitely awesome. Again, uh, power play, the assist 
was from Zuccarello. And then, of course, again, the fight developed and all that. The Wild would score multiple goals after that. Wind up getting this game up to 8-4. to four. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Of course, not good goaltending in St. Louis, but it's about time the Wild went out there and just beat the crap out of the Blues, even though it's, a, it's not the same team. I mean, there's certain players still remaining on the team and all that, like Bennington and all that, but he's nothing near he what he was, even his reason his last season. It's hard to believe. Just a year ago, this St. Louis Blues team knocked the Wild out of the playoffs in, you know, impressive fashion, to be quite honest. They just knocked us right out of there. And here we are today, you know, like light years ahead of them at the moment, which feels really good, actually. They're below 500. So they're singing the Blues in St. Louis. Uh, Bush Nenovich would get a hat trick in the game. 21, 22, 23, congratulations to him, I guess. But it's a, not much of a, you know, not much of a consolation for him. I'm sure, again, it's a nice individual performance. And five goals, you think you probably won the game, but now you gave up eight. So it is what it is. And a nice wild following in St. Louis as well. That certainly helps. Um, so kind of off and on in the games and topical. I guess that's kind of how this show is. Every show is going to be a little different in the first segment. Second segment is almost always, you know, previews and uh, looking at the prospects a bit. But the prospects bit is probably going to be a bit shorter this week because, you know, Euro season's ending and college is in the tournaments and all that. So hoping for the best there. Obviously, this is uh, basically championship week when it comes to uh, conference tournaments. And then so certain underdogs will sneak into the postseason or the NCAA tournament. And we'll talk about the NCAA tournament next week, the preview of it, and hope to God it's the Gopher season to win it all. We shall see, but we know they're going to be a number one seed, and talk is the number one overall seed as well. So don't let us down. Be like the be like last year's uh, Colorado Avalanche and just simply win it all. Just go out there and kick ass and win it all. Be like the 89 Calgary Flames or whoever else. With that, the awards for the week, I think I want to go with Ryan Hartman. I, I think I do. I think I want to go with Ryan Hartman for the Mike Madonna Award winner of the week, which is pretty crazy. The James Shepard Memorial, I'm kind of leaning towards John Merrill, even though he had some points and all that, and he was a plus. I don't know. I don't think he's all that spectacular, and Dumba hasn't factored into anything. It's like you barely even know he's here anymore. It's kind of hard to, you know, make him a captain at this point. I'm sure he's got the this great personality, and everybody loves him and everything, but he's not really much. There's not really much to say anymore. He's become, like, I don't know, um. I don't know, almost, almost like a quad A player lately. Almost, like not quite, not quite. He'd probably dominate the AHL, is my guess. But that's the that that's where, I guess, the whole quad A thing comes from. Like, wow, he's really good in the AHL. And comes up to the NHL, and it's like 12 games later, maybe he has an assist. And that's kind of what's been going on. And, okay, he but he's a really good stay-at-home defenseman. No, he's not. He's not a good stay-at-home defenseman, so... Again, it's kind of Merrill Dumba combination. Um, not meaning to really majorly pick on anybody, but again, the overall sloppiness, generally speaking, has not been good. Even Klingberg, you know, obviously he's been sloppy as well, despite the fact he's provided a little offense, and we really appreciate it. But he's certainly not this can't miss uh, stud that uh, I saw. I saw him with Dallas. No, he's not. But what do you expect? I guess you know. What do you expect? Uh, unfortunately. Um, Nobody's perfect in this league, no doubt. So with that said, <laughs> heck, even Carlson stunk for a while. And then all of a sudden he took off and look at him now. Like last year he was way better. And this year he's way, 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 way better. Like beyond anything. So um, this year he looks like, you know, that guy. <laughs> he looks like Bobby Orr or something. 
kind of, at least for a year. With that said, we'll take a quick break, come back and preview three games, look at the prospects, and then segment three, of course, is fan interaction where we hear from you guys. Before we look at the other topics and the upcoming games and such, let's get to DraftKings. Ready for the underdogs, the upsets, and the unbelievable action from DraftKings Sportsbook? The biggest tournament in college basketball is here. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on college hoops and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. And isn't it the perfect day to get started, too, because it's Thursday. This is like the main day now, the uh, the little play-in four pack whatever is done and here we go plus for a limited time all customers can score a no sweat bet during round one and two of the tournament go to the app opt in and place a no sweat bet this weekend if it doesn't hit you'll get a bonus bet back up to ten dollars um really looking forward generally speaking the arkansas razorbacks love what eric musselman can do when it comes to be tournament uh tournament time He's somebody I would bet on. I would bet on. I have him going all the way to the Final Four. I have the Houston uh, Five Slime Jamas getting it done for the entire enchilada, the Houston Cougars. But I do have Arizona going on a Final Four run, generally speaking. I don't need to talk about my whole bracket. I'll bore you to death, probably, because you might have your own bracket, and you, I don't want to hear yours either. So, na-na-na-boo-boo. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, always curious who people might be picking to win it all. Maybe their fry Final Four. Um, of course, you don't need to elaborate too much. But, yeah, Eric Musselman somebody that I like to bet on in this tournament. Um, uh, you're in and you're out. And I think he's done a hell of a job. Unfortunately, Arizona is, what, an eighth seed. So it's a little different than some years where it's like a fourth or fifth where you never know. They really might be a Final Four team. It would be quite a story, and we'll see what happens. So let's keep an eye out for that. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code XXX. Hmm. <laughs> New customers can bet $5.00 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Win or lose, only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code XXX or THPN. I think I have it on... It is T... Yeah, THPN. I apologize. It's THPN. So, <laughs> interesting. No, but, but this, yeah. you Actually, yes, do go with code XXX. This is kind of a general overall one for all the different... Um, yeah. This is for all the different shows. So it's XXX. I apologize. Um, that's your promo code because this one is for the tournament. It's a little different. That's why it's XXX. It's kind of a general overall uh, tournament promo with this app. So I apologize for my uh, ignorance there. Um, so now let's look at the upcoming games here. If humanly possible, thank you again. Get your DraftKings Sportsbook now. Um, Eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Yep, no doubt about it. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Yes, <laughs> so of course, again. Um, upcoming games. <laughs> Apologize, I was a little sloppy there. It must be like the wild. Oh boy. Couple matinees on the weekend against Boston and the Washington 
Capitals. Oh, oh goody. Oh goody. <laughs> wow. And then at New Jersey. Okay, I hope the Wild don't get swept this week. The point streak's chances of surviving this are probably really going to be tough here. Put it this way, if the Wild's point streak survives this, oh my God, into next week's show, what an impressive performance. Next week, sure, uh, Philadelphia, Chicago, Seattle, Colorado. At Colorado, that could be a tough one, but we'll see. That's a four-game thing going into next week's show. Um, we'll see. Seattle's certainly beatable, but they're not that easy. They're, they're a playoff team. They're a playoff team. They're quite different than they were a year ago. Quite. Uh, the Boston Bruins, oh boy. Oh boy. Uh, what more can you say? Like, talk about a team that's going to, you know, a team that has a, probably a really good chance of being one of those President Trophy teams that just simply goes out there and wins it all. Simply goes out there and wins it all, like Colorado did last year. Colorado just kicked everyone's butt last year, and... It's like, Joey, you think Colorado's going to, or you think Calgary's going to go to the cup finals? Colorado's good, man. Yeah, Colorado, good, man. Boston, good, man, this year. Uh, second in goals, first in goals against. Second in assists, even though I usually don't get into the assists. It's just, they're so high. Power plays 12, penalty kills number one in the league. Penalty minutes 23rd, and so on and so forth. The Wild lost to Boston in overtime way back on October 22nd. Little did we know just how good this Boston team would be. They're good every year, but, ooh, boy. What the heck? Boston is 2-3 and three in their last five? Might as well strike while the iron is hot. Boston is 2-3 and three in their last five. I'm shocked. Absolutely shocked. Absolutely shocked. Anyhow... They beat the Rangers 4-2. You thought, okay, everything will be fine. They lose to Edmonton, who everyone's got going to the final this year. You never know. Maybe, maybe. Maybe it'll be a rematch of the 1990 Stanley Cup Finals. Might be. This time, there's no Mark Messier, but they have Connor McDavid, though. Yeah, and Leon Dreisettle. I think Boston would win this time, though. I would think so. Um, they beat Detroit 4-3-2. Pardon me. Lost to Detroit 5-3. Lost to the Blackhawks 6-3. This ain't 2015 or 2013, whatever. Whatever year it is, 2013. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, I can't believe that was 10 years ago already. Seems like yesterday. I remember when that was when the NBC app really finally started to work. And it was like, whoa, this looks awesome. <laughs> it was like the coolest looking thing because it was like, you know, 1080 on your phone. It looks freaking beautiful. Got to see uh, Boston and Chicago. I... I a uh, original six cup final. That was pretty cool. Anyhow, I better get back to where I need to be here. Linus Olmark has really become, you know, has really picked it up. He was a good goalie even for Buffalo for a while there. Always thought he was underrated. Goes to Boston and is a stud. He's like the best goalie in the league. It's between him and basically Gustafson. 197 goals against average. Save percentage, 93.5. He's probably going to win it because of where he's playing and all that. He's probably going to win the award. But we'll see. Keith Kincaid. Keith Kincaid that gave him a single goal recently. Jeremy Swayman, 2.37 goals against average, and even he has two shutouts on the season. David Pastor, Poster, Pastor, Pasternak, 89 points, 46 goals, 43 assists in 66 games. Brad Marchand, Mr. Sick, Weird, don't know what the heck is going on in his head. Brad Marchand with 56 points. He's been a 100-point player in the past. He's got to be getting a little bit up there, up there in age now. Not too much. Uh, Hampus Lindholm with 35 assists to go with his 9 points. I, 
Was he on the Ducks before, or am I getting it mixed up with someone else? There's a lot of Lindholms, aren't there? <laughs> so, yeah, Nick Foligno. We almost forgot about him. Kind of like uh, the former St. Louis Blue years ago. Backus that went to uh, Boston and then just kind of disappeared. But Foligno's been adequate. Old Chucky, Charlie Coyle, about half a point a game. 12 goals, 24 assists, but still obviously a perfect fit for the Boston Bruins. Taylor Hall's dropped off the map, unfortunately. He was a stud for so long, and of course a stud even with Boston when he first got there, but it doesn't matter. I mean, the Bruins are the best team in the league, though right now this would be like them choking in the playoffs again. They start to stink all of a sudden when it matters most, but we'll see. We'll see. I mean, Toronto's more likely to choke in the playoffs than Boston, particularly versus Boston. Um, I don't have a whole lot of confidence just coming out here and saying the Wild are going to beat the Boston Bruins. Um, Brandon Carlo won't play on March 14th. Hampus Lindholm out for this. So those are individual games. Nick Foligno injured reserve as of the end of February. Middleton out for Wednesday. Yep, we'll see. Foligno banged up again as well. His might be a little longer. That's great. And Kaprizov is two to three now versus three to four because of you know it's been a week already. Uh, this one is in the X, which obviously helps the Wild's chances. Boston has not been playing well lately, which is interesting as well. But I'm not overconfident that the Wild are going to go out and beat the Bruins. But again, might as well strike, strike while the iron's hot. Occasionally, we actually do beat this team. Once in a while, we do have some success against the Bruins. Uh, historically, not so much. Um, remember the North Stars? How many games in a row did they lose to the Bruins years ago? And then we just finally said enough is enough, and it got kind of crazy and stuff. And the Wild ended up, or North Stars ended up winning. That was like 40 years ago, but yeah, it was fun. Interesting conversation, I suppose, for fans back in those days. <laughs> Sipping coffee and drink, reading the newspaper, which was a classic thing, and kind of still is in its own way, I guess. Um, Boston 50, 12 and 5. You just look at that record, and it's like unbelievable. And to think, again, going into last week, when you included that 5, the, the Bruins had only lost 13 games all season. Now it's up to 17 which is really crazy. That's just crazy to me. What happened to the Bruins? What happened to the Bruins the last few games? So I'm not sure. Um, strike while the iron's hot. I mean, because Wild could easily get swept this week. They could. Uh, we had a very impressive win versus Washington earlier this year. I'm not sure how that's going to go. And it's a back-to-back, you know, matinee fest. Oh, man. Mm. Mm. Some, I don't know. I think Boston wins... I think Boston wins like five to three or something. No, no, it's going to be low scoring. Let's go. Let's go with yeah, Gustafson versus uh, Allmark. It's probably going to be like two to one, but I think the Bruins win. Unfortunately, Boldy will score against his his club. Boldy will score against Boston, but that's it. Two to one loss to the Bruins. Let's try to move forward here to the Washington Capitals, or I think the Wild can take care of business here. They're not that good. They're they're an annoying team to deal with at times, but they're certainly not as good. I think the Wilds split one way or another. You win one and lose one with these teams. If the Wilds somehow sweep this, I'd be shocked beyond belief. But I'll predict the Wilds sweep the Washington Capitals this year, which is something that doesn't happen often either. Sorry, as I try not to cough to death, cough to death here. 4-2 to win back on January the 17th. 4-2 to win for the Wild. We appreciated it very much. Washington is also 2-3 and three in their last five. Lost to the Kings, who are way better now. 4-2. to two. Lost to New Jersey three to two, beat the Islanders five to one in New York. Beat the or lost to the Rangers in New York, 
five to three and beat Buffalo five to four in Washington, as we like to call it. Um, Washington is 16th in goals, 15th in goals against, 21st in power play, 6th in penalty kill, 9th in penalty minutes. So, Washington right now, I don't, yeah, they're definitely not a playoff game. The East is very tough, and they're only three, four games above 500, 6th in the Metropolitan Division. They're way out. No chance, actually, pretty much to make it. Um, I think the Wild take care of business versus this team with a 4-2 win. Darcy Kumper, Darcy Kemper, the defending Stanley Cup champion goalie with the Colorado Avalanche will not have a Stanley Cup this year, despite the fact five shutouts on the season. So kind of a hit-and-miss type of goalie, which he's always been. 2.75 goals against average, save percentage of 91. Alex Alexi Ovechkin with, okay, I'm just kidding, 37 goals and 27 assists, 64 points. He's had hat-tricks against the Wild in the past, unfortunately. Nick Dowd, son of Jim. Yes, sir, TJ Oshie. Talked about him for years and years and years and years and years with the Olympics and St. Louis Blues and the Washington Capitals finally getting a Stanley Cup. And Kuznetsov has been wonderful, 51 points in 68 games. Dylan Strom has been, uh, on a, I believe he was used to be on the Kings or Flames, didn't he? I think he was. Or maybe I'm getting it mixed up with other people. 50 points on the year. I probably am. <laughs> uh, John Carlson, obviously much maligned. He only has six penalty minutes on the season, but he's only played half of the season as well. So, yeah, we'll go from there. The Wild will win 4-2 to two without Kaprizov, unfortunately. Carlson on injured reserve as of months ago now, at the end of December. Uh, Sonny Milano, Sonny Milano, got to like that name, uh, missed the March 15th game, basically. And Connor Brown's been out forever, you know, beginning of the season, basically. So, yeah. Um, Wild win 4-2. to two. Most likely guy to score in this one, Jared Spurgeon. Jared Spurgeon will score against the Washington Capitals. Again, that's just fun kind of stuff. But then we get to play the New Jersey Devils. Ooh, yeah. This could be a very tough week, to be quite fair. Very tough. It took forever to get Hughes going, but holy cow. Um, he is, he's, he's, he's going. He's going. Uh, New Jersey, 44-17-6 on the season. Second in the Metropolitan Division. Nathan Bastian, upper body injury, March 14th. We'll see what happens there. Injured reserve for McKenzie Blackwood as of the end, uh, end of February. And Jonathan Bernier, also injured reserve, long-term injured reserve as of way back in December. Jonathan Bernier, remember that guy. Fifth in goals are the New Jersey Devils. Third in goals against... Yeah, that tells you something. 16th in the power play, 7th in the penalty kill, 4th in penalty minutes, and so on and so forth. Minnesota did win 3-2 in the X. Two goals in the shootout to 0. Pretty cool, pretty cool. On Feb 11. Nice win for Minnesota there. New Jersey, 3-2 in their last 5. 4-3 loss versus Toronto. 3-2 win versus Washington at Washington. 3-1 win at Montreal. 3 to nothing win over Carolina. Impressive. And a 4-1 to one loss recently versus Tampa. Could be the East Final. You never know. Probably not, but could be. Could be. Um, could be. Tampa is ever dangerous. They always will be. They're kind of hanging around the wild card at this stage, but we'll see how things turn out with that. So, again, Hughes and all them. It's been an insanely impressive season for a lot of these guys. Jack Hughes now 80 points, becoming one of the best players in the world. Uh, his year, is it his year or her year? No, it's his year. 
Hisher, I think. I've mispronounced it forever. Jasper Bratz also had an awesome season. He's quieted lately. Certainly for fantasy purposes, hasn't been as good as he was earlier, but still has had some big moments. 27 goals, 33 assists for 60 points in 67 games. It's an incredible offense. It ain't the New Jersey Devils of old where they'd win every game 2-1 to one with, uh, you know, Martin Brodeur and all those tough guys, Patrick Eliash and all those kind of guys. Um, Dougie Hamilton, 63 points. He's a defenseman, by the way, former Calgary Flame. Uh, he was the, you know, <laughs> he was the Klingberg of the uh, Calgary Flames years ago. Yep, 63 points for him. Dougie Hamilton, very impressive. Jack Hughes, 80 points. Like I said, 37 goals, 43 assists. He's been awesome beyond belief. And like I said, Hershey, even 61 points, 28 goals, 33 assists. Both number one overall picks in play draft. John Maureen, oh God, I like that name. Uh, looking around just for, oh yeah, and Timo Mayer has been there for six games, only two points. Let's not forget about Timo Mayer, but Mayer, but not a good start so far. We'll see. He'll, he'll get in the swing of things, and once he does, watch out. New Jersey's definitely got something special going on there. Only two points behind Carolina, who they shut out recently. Um, one game in hand for Carolina, not New Jersey, but only two points behind Carolina for that first place spot in the ever dangerous Metropolitan Division. Unfortunately, Boston's still looming in the other one, so don't get too confident yet, right? <laughs> but there's Boston. Vitek Venisek. Vitek Venisek just rolls right off your tongue. 2.52 goals against average, three shutouts, a save percentage just under 91. Been solid. Blackwood has had some moments, 8-5 and five on the year, but goals against average not real good, obviously. And Akira Schmid has been Schmidting awesome. I don't know. One assist, uh, one, one assist, one shutout, but a save percentage of almost 93. 1.91 goals against average. He's been a nice revelation for the New Jersey Devils. The New Jersey Devils. And they'll be playing uh, Tampa again after losing 4-1 to to Tampa in New Jersey. So it's kind of like uh, we have back-to-back games versus Tampa in New Jersey. See if Tampa kicks, takes care of business yet again. I think the Devils beat the Wild, unfortunately. Something along the likes of 3-2. to two. 3-2 to two win, I think, for the New Jersey Devils. I think the Wild get a point uh, one way or another if it's a shootout or OT loss. But I think the Wild get a point. So the Wild at least get 3 out of 6 this week, if not 5 out of 6 or 4 out of 6 or whatever the heck the story is. Like, say, we get shootout losses or whatever, we keep the points going despite losing a couple games. We still wind up with 4 out of 6 points because of the overtime losses or whatever. But I do think the Devils beat the Wild, unfortunately. And, of course, overtime slash shootout losses don't count in the playoffs, do they? <laughs> they don't. The other team wins the game, bottom line. Um, so you never want to rest on your, never want to get too excited about that. Um, but the Devils win. Most likely guy to score in this one is going to be Zuccarello. He's going to score against the New Jersey Devils, but the Wild lose the game. Let's look around in the prospects real quickly. Iowa, they'd been playing absolutely great until yesterday, losing 4-1, to one, unfortunately. But the 4-1 to one games were in favor of the Wild lately, rather than every game before. 4-1, to 1-0, 2-1, to to all losses for like the longest uh, longest time. Iowa all of a sudden just started looking awesome. Uh, Sammy Walker's up with Minnesota now. He had 45 points in 50 games down there. Patan is still over a point a game. Again, one of the ultimate quad-A players in the AHL. Again, trying my best here. <laughs> I'm trying to, God. Oh, yeah, I have a frog in my throat all week here. 
Adam Beckman had a multi-goal game, but still, you know, he's not really taking that next step. He kind of is. It's like a half step this season, pretty much is what Beckman has taken. Had a few moments in the NHL, but nothing really to get excited about. O'Leary did have a hat trick a few weeks ago, but other than that, he hasn't been all that great. He's from Halifax. Sweeney's been super quiet, and he's, you know, he missed a ton of games at the beginning of the year. Rossi's certainly been playing, Rossi has certainly been playing a lot better. He's been roasting it. Okay, I'm just kidding. Um, he's been playing way the heck better, though, the past several games. Uh, he's been on a point streak. Uh, 41 points in 42 games, as he definitely fell behind the point-a-game uh, stat, but he's caught up a bit. Um, Damon Hunt has had a couple points the past couple weeks here. Kind of been finally factoring in the scoring a tiny bit. He's had some promising moments there at age 20. Two goals, seven assists in 47 games. He's actually been a little better than Ryan O'Rourke, according to pretty much everybody that's been keeping up with them. Chafee, of course, out for the year with an ACL, if I remember correctly. Um, Jesper Volstedt, 2.71 goals against average, 13 and, uh, 15 and 13 on the season, and McIntyre goals against average just above three with a 13 and 10 record. So it's certainly been a fun time there in, in Iowa for some of those guys, but not not really. It's been an up-and-down season, bottom line, for the Iowa Wild. They're just a little bit above 500. they They're kind of like Washington, really, to be quite fair. They went eight, uh, yeah, they have, what, nine ties, yay, tie losses, whatever the heck they're called, uh, 28 wins and 23 losses. Okay, so, you know, at least they're above 500, but... Again, nothing to write home about really at the moment. Just had some offensive games lately until just last night. But Rossi still factored in the score off, still got an assist. So good for him in the win. I know it's not all just about stats, stats, stats. But, well, sometimes it is when you're in the AHL, I suppose, when you want to kind of want to keep things rolling in the right direction. Um, yeah, all the, a lot of those Russian leagues and such, if they're not in the playoffs, they're out. Who's Nadinov? What has he had in the season here. 63 games, 41 points. That's in the regular season. And unfortunately, again, I also ran into some issues here with elite prospects. Yeah. Oh, maybe it's up now. Good. Thank you. Just in time. <laughs> Thank you, elite prospects, for getting that going. But pretty sure most of these Euro leagues, everybody's pretty much done, unfortunately. But juniors still going, of course, college and all that. Well, college is in the tour tournaments now. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll stay off Liam Ogren and uh, uh, Daniel Yurov for now. Uh, bottom line, again, we already talked about uh, yeah, Bogdan Pavel Novak, uh, you know, still recovering this and that. Nate Benoit, six points in ten games. He's at six points already in ten games. Good for him. Five assists and one goal for the Waterloo Blackhawks of the USHL. Again, generally more of a stay-at-home defenseman, but still... Finally scoring a little bit. So, <laughs> we'll continue from there. Josh Pilar. Yeah, no, he's gone. The Cadian Banker had a huge game recently. Now he's at 78 points. He is just shredding it. Just tearing it up. He has been incredible. Uh, 78 points now. He was a plus 8 in the most recent game. Caden Bankier might be the prospect of the year for the Minnesota Wild. And I, I would have to say he is. Well, he's up there. He's way up there with Kyle Masters, I think. Bankier, 78 points in 51 games, 35 goals, 43 assists. Again, he was a plus 8 in his most recent game. Absolutely elite, phenomenal. 
Love to see this guy taking a step forward. And the good news is he is a third-round pick. So it's not like, oh, yeah, whatever. It's just some seventh-round pick. You know, we'll, we'll see. He's just doing good in the juniors. You know that's not going to add up to anything. He's an 86th overall pick. So he's got a chance at something here. Jack Pert, of course, St. Cloud State. 23 points in 35 games. Two of them are goals. And again, in the tournament, Lambos really finally reached last year's point total, 47 points in 56 games, but his plus-minus is 59 versus last year's 42. So again, just overall better play. Maybe not factoring in the, you know, not maybe just not as beautiful offensive numbers, not as dominant, so to speak. But, you know, a step forward. He's even got the exact same amount of penalty minutes. What are the odds of that? But in five more games, so that's definitely a thing. But a, but a 59, a plus 59 in the year is certainly impressive regardless of how you look at it. Um, Hunter Haight of the Barry, well, he was of the Barry Colts, Saginaw Spirit. <laughs> yep, he has uh, 16 points, 16 goals, pardon me, um, 30 assists for 46 points in 39 games. He's only a plus three, but that's better than minus 14 with the Barry Colts in only 20 games earlier in the season. Rigger, Lorenz, again, University of Denver, watch out for them in the tournament, nine points this past year. Uh, Ryan Healy, Halford, I, I don't think they're in the tournament, are they? They might be. I can't remember. i, I got to look closer. But, well, the tournament hasn't started. Yeah, the tournament hasn't been selected yet. But we'll talk about that more next week. Harvard. Sorry, I like saying that. Everybody does. David Spachek. David Spachek. 49 points in Spachek. 49 points in 53 games. Just slightly ahead of last year's pace. Again, picking it up after quieting for a little bit. He's ahead, and he's a plus 45 on the year, which is freaking incredible compared to last year's 21. So still a step forward. I didn't even talk about Kyle Masters. I'll go back to him. Petrowski, who was slightly behind last year's pace, I think. No, not necessarily. He's, he's actually nine games behind last year. So, yeah, he's, he's got a pretty good chance to catch last year's numbers. It's, it's not all about stats. But kind of, it kind of is when you're in the OHL. You hope that the numbers are fairly high because you should have more scoring opportunities if you're this NHL prospect in the, in the juniors. There has to be something because there's a lot of guys that are not NHL prospects in the juniors, right? Or maybe not really highly thought of ones. Um, somehow I skipped Kyle Mostas, and I don't know why. Again, 60 points in 61 games. He's Eric Carlson for the Kamloops Blazers this year. 11 goals, 49 assists, and a plus 20. He's had an insane season compared to last year. Remember, 14 points in 65 games last year. Just do the math. Just do the math. That is 46 more points in four less games. I mean, it's just a complete transformation. There's just, whoa, whoa. Like, you go from a stay-at-home guy to just, all right, time to open things up. Boom. And it's like, it's incredible what Kyle Masters has done offensively. He's mastered the WHL to... uh, if you'll allow the pun, April the 9th, he turns 20. He'll be in Iowa next season, God willing, and he better be. And really looking forward to what Katie and Bank Deer can do in Iowa next year. He's 20 already as of Jan 26th. Katie and Bank Deer, what an awesome, awesome uh, season he's had. Uh, again, Bank Deer and Masters right on top of each other. Masters is the 118th pick in the 2021 draft. Katie and Bank Deer was Caden Bank Deer, sorry. 86 pick in that draft. So, again, kind of, again, back-to-back picks for the Wild. Not literally back-to-back, but you get the idea. One was after the other. Um, and, yeah, it's going <laughs> to... 
it's going to be nice to see what they can do in the next season here as they move to the next level. See how they adjust. Um, obviously, right out of the gate, usually, usually they don't take the huge step right away. But maybe in a year or so, in a year or so, you'll just start really seeing signs that they can they can really cut it in the AHL. And then who knows? Who knows? Who knows what happens after that? By the time they're 22, 23, they might be in the NHL and doing something good. Hopefully, hopefully that's a possibility. Hopefully they can do it, and there's definitely encouraging signs for both of those guys. Uh, Lambos, of course, again, yeah, obviously the, the plus-minus is way up from last year, so um, even though the stats might not be jumping out at you, they're still good, and the plus-minus does jump out at me, to say the least. With that, we'll take a quick break and come back for fan interaction. back here on Brave the Wild Fan Direction segment, and since there's no Raycon ad right now, maybe they'll maybe they'll come back. We're going to jump right into it. At Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild, and of course, when you want to interact with the show, hashtag BTWMN, BTWMN. Uh, first thing, I, I shared it. I simply shared the Michael Russo treat. Caprice will miss three to four weeks with a lower body injury, the Minnesota Wild announced. Yep. Um, another thing from Michael Russo that I shared, hearing Sammy Walker has been recalled from Iowa, Kirill Kaprizov injured. Yep, so we'll continue. Uh, up Chuck Fletcher battled what was fired. Yeah, Philadelphia Inquirer. That was shared by, you know, hashtag BDWMN, so to speak. Yep, they fired Chuck Fletcher in, in Philadelphia. It just didn't work out at all, bottom line. Um, we'll see what happens with Chuck. Maybe he's more of an assistant GM in the NHL, and i got to think there'll be jobs available for him, no doubt about it. At least he has jobs available that are nice jobs of... <laughs> Would be nice. I, I I would love to be an assistant GM somewhere myself, but uh, unfortunately, that's just not going to happen. I don't think. Mata Mi'ai, uh, okay, yep. I shared Derek Felska's tweet. Mata Mi'ai, Mata Mi'ai wins. Johnny Glove buries the rebound. Faceoffs by the Zephyrs was an X factor once again. Six to five Zephyrs. They've defeated Warroad and Double OT to win it all. Hashtag stip tack, stip, stick taps to both teams on a hell of a game, and it really was. Hashtag the tourney 23. And yes, Minnetonka also defeated Edina in the double-A championship. So congratulations to both of those clubs. Mata Mi'ai gets a win. Good for them. Derek Felska tweeted, what was I say? Yep, he was talking about the college. Yep, he says, it was a terrific game. Not college, high school. The, it was a terrific game. The Zephyrs may have had a Class A all, have had uh, less Class A all-tournament team players but they won a lot of battles for the puck in tight spaces and were dominant on their draws. Wall Road probably more skilled, but Matamidai, sorry, seemed more well-rounded. It was kind of almost in a, in a small way. This might be a lame comparison. Like Union beating the Gophers in the uh, national championship game way back in 2014. Now now that we can say 2014 is way back, because it is way back now, unfortunately. Um, yeah, kind of like that in a way where they may have had less talent, but, you know, just kind of just outplayed them, period. You know, and yep. Congratulations to the Zephyrs, no doubt. Gordy Howe hat trick for Ryan Reeves. I sent that out, whatever. Derek Felska, and I like how he did this. See how he hashtags both uh, BGWIMN and Crease Podcast. I've I've said hashtag Crease Assist is hashtag Crease Podcast. So I apologize strongly for that mistake. 
Derek Felska. It's the poll. He likes to do these weekly polls, and I really like this one. I really like. If the NHL were to, were to relocate the Arizona Coyotes, which North American city do you feel makes the most sense for them to relocate to? So I love speculating about where teams could move to if possible. So like in the NBA, like somebody moving to Seattle to get the Supersonics going again. Um, the possibilities were Houston, Texas, Kansas City, Missouri, Quebec City, Quebec, Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> Atlanta, Georgia coming in dead last with 1.4 because they've already lost two teams. And I don't know, it's, it's Atlanta. Houston, Texas coming in, uh, nope, Kansas City coming in third, 23.6. Houston, Texas, 26.4. And the one I voted for, Quebec City, Quebec, 48.6. Bring back the Quebec Nordiques. I would love that very much. I'm all the way in. And I hope they do call them that, and I hope they bring back the, the logo. And don't do what the Jets did and turn them into Labatt Blue or something. That's pretty much what they did when the Atlanta Thrashers moved to um Winnipeg, and they said, well, we're not, we have, we want nothing to do with the old history or whatever. Well, I mean, they, they wear it for, like, reverse retro stuff, but that's it. Which is cool, it's better than nothing, but, man, I think they should have brought back the old logo to begin with. Sorry for not liking these, my apologies. Tom Han, yes, sir, says, since the Minnesota Wild plays so much better with Tom Han in Florida, yep, Florida, he did the accent, yep, is it incumbent on Minnesota Wild fans to donate to keep Hayen in Florida fun through the playoffs? Yeah, I think we might want to do that, actually. Donate now. <laughs> Hashtag Florida. No, I'm kidding. That would be fun. Morty responds with, Ron is thinking about it. Yeah, Ron DeSantis. So I'm like, maybe. Maybe. Yep. So, we'll keep moving forward here. Derek Felska, lightning round, hath begunneth. Yes, sir. There's the... I hope it's a decent sound effect. Maybe it's not the best. I, I mean, I could pick up one that's a little more interesting. We'll see. But that's what I have at the moment. Derek says... So, Walker in, and of course, Derek Valga is the host of the Crease Podcast. The Crease Podcast, or Crease and Assist Podcast. But it's hashtag Crease Podcast to interact with the show, just like hashtag BGW Man. It's that simple. Derek says, so Walker in, Felino out. Is the wild Cinderella season of being a team with little offense, great defense, starting to turn into a pumpkin due to injuries to key players, 97, 25, and now 17. Thankfully, not yet, as the wild took care of business in impressive fashion versus St. Louis. Sloppy, but impressive at the same time. Eight goals is, is really good. Um, just kind of taking care of business, maybe. What kind of broke my heart is, of all the forwards last night, Walker was the only one without a point. Every single forward had a point last night, except Sammy Walker. That is a bummer. <laughs> I feel bad for that guy. I, I hope not. I, I think this team still has a chance, and Brodeen, we'll, we'll see. Supposedly he's going to come back, and of course, uh, Nike was practicing a bit, kind of working on his shoulder with puck handling and such, so we'll see. So, again, whew. Um, honest to God, though, yes, the Cinderella season... Right now, I mean, it looks promising, the fact that we're actually scoring goals. That's the hope. Of course, again, I mean, this, this could turn ugly very quickly. Hopefully, Gustafson, that was just a little sudden thing and, and, and nothing serious here going forward when it came to him uh, not having his best game at all versus Arizona. So it kind of depends in a lot of ways on Gustafson. And, of course, um, uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's a tough one. It really is. Brodeen coming back. I mean, he's he should be back fairly soon. A pre-soft two to three weeks. 
it's not forever, but of course, again, it does take you almost to the postseason. So, hmm, it's a tough one. It's a tough one, but we are scoring now, so that's the good thing. That's the best part. The lightning round continues. Who is the closest player the Minnesota Wild have had to Aaron Rodgers on and off the ice? Ooh. And is that player currently playing in New York? I would say, uh, asking for a friend, it was Marion Gabrick, wasn't it, though? I would have to say it was Marion Gabrick, how he kept kind of playing with us for as long as he did. Uh, stupid contract negotiations, the holdout way back in 03, 04. For me, that's kind of, yeah, it, it's Marion Gabrick. That came to my head immediately, considering he went to the Rangers and gave us that hard time the whole time around. And he, he had some success there, didn't win a championship. Um... I believe they, yeah, and then and then of all things, he goes to L.A. and beats the Rangers in the Cup final. I bet he was, I bet fans were pretty ticked off about that, and that kind of figures, but that's how it goes. I'm gonna look at the Rangers real quick for the fun of it, but to me, it's Marion Gabbard right away. I mean, again, who who gave us more of a hard time with the contract situation than him? Um, and of course, this is the Rangers. Otherwise, you could say kind of like uh, Parisi a little bit with the New York um, Islanders. Instead of, because the Islanders are probably the less, you know, the Islanders are probably the less, uh, so to speak, you know, glamorous team between the two over the years, even though they won four cups in a short time. So, but that was eons and eons ago now, the early 80s. An, an incredibly awesome time for music and sports and everything, but still, uh, closest thing on the Islanders has to be Parisi by a mile. Again, but he didn't really give us a contract dispute or anything too much drama. He wasn't necessarily the he wasn't necessarily this wonderful leader that all of us thought either. So it's Parisi for them, but for the Rangers, it's Marion Gabrick with a bullet. <laughs> oh yes. Uh, next, and of course, yes, Aaron Rodgers. In case you've been living in a cave, is wants to be on the New York Jets. Yes. <laughs> Derek Felsky continues says, does the fact that Brock Faber was named Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year make it more likely this will be his last college season? Or is it just icing on the cake? A little of both. I think it's a little bit of both, but I, I think for almost for sure he is done in the in college. I think hopefully the Gophers win it all, and that gives them even more reason to say, yep, it's been an incredible ride, and it's time to move to the next level. I would be pretty surprised if Brock Faber goes back, but maybe it's some kind of hunger to get it done if for some reason they don't. And God, I really hope they do. I really hope the Gophers get it done. It's been nine years since they went to the championship game, and of course, 20 years since they won it in 2003 over New Hampshire. New Hampshire, 5-1 to one win in that one, their back-to-back championship. Hopefully that does happen. But um, yeah, Brock Faber, I do think he is going to be, on the, be in the NHL next season. Looks like there's some responses here there, uh, to the, the New York one. Maybe Dallas. Okay, yeah, I was talking about Ryan Suter with a little smile, like, mm-hmm. Off the, off the beaten path. Uh, no, yeah. Hashtag CC uh, Road King, like King of the Road, you know. <laughs> so that's the Rogers there. Yep, you're talking about Suter, but yep. <laughs> last season. Yep, Morty says last season. Yep, I, I think so, too. Oh, the lightning round continues. The NHL said Arizona is making as much money now as they were when they were in Glendale. Do you believe it? Or is that a pretty big stretch of the truth by the league? I guess anything's possible, but I will say it's a stretch. I will say it's a stretch because it's just too small. It's too small. There had to be some fans. And I know 
that building was probably never full. So that's part of it. Part of the reason why it, it might be closer than some of us think. But I do believe that uh, they are making less now than before. Um, so, <laughs> bottom line, I'd be, I would be pretty surprised. Maybe, again, it's closer than we think because of fans just weren't in the building before anyway, unfortunately. But, you know, in the not-too-distant future with, like, say, a Cooley and such, they might end up being a pretty exciting team. Uh, Derek Felsky continues, says, Do you think the Minnesota Wilds should start making some noise about not pushing home games back to 8.30 to make the national TV broadcast happy? Uh, well, as long as I'm on second shift, I like it. So I, <laughs> I like it. The later, the better. I got to enjoy that game last night a lot more than I would have. I mean, I enjoyed the heck out of that game. And if it was at, say, 7 o'clock, it'd be tougher. I'd have to really catch up and all that. So as long as I'm on second shift, selfishly, I say start as late as you want, as long as it's not like 10.30 or something crazy like that. <laughs> Mr. Drive People Noise. Yep, yeah. So yeah, Morty, I live in Florida, so 9.30 is worse. So he probably really hates it. Yep. So yeah, if you're in Florida, like so again, and there are people in Florida that listen to the show, maybe Morty included. So I can understand, I can relate to that. Maybe you work second shift in Florida, though. Some of you might. Maybe. <laughs> but that's my selfish point of view. Nan nan a boo-boo, I guess. I don't know. Not really. I'm not that silly. Uh, Derek says, how many points do you think it would take for the Minnesota Wild to keep its spot in the Central Division by season end? And do you think they will meet that goal or not? Well, the fact that they're adjusting and they're scoring goals, it's looking more possible than it did not too long ago. Uh, when Caprice first got hurt, I was like, no chance. No chance. They're probably going to be a 7th or 8th seed. Make the playoffs, sure, but 7th or 8th seed. Now it's like, uh, maybe we're going to be okay. Uh, our goal differential is only 17, which is kind of funny. LA's is only 10, and they're ahead of the Wild, which is really sad and true. Sad but true, sorry. Um, so how did he word it again? I'm going to make sure. How many points will it take? For the Wild to keep his spot by season's end. Oh, oh, how many points, huh? Well, this, I swear, I thought we had 86, but it's 84, I guess. That doesn't seem right to me, but yeah, cause we won, right? We Didn't we beat St. Louis? I don't know. Um, God, Boston's at 105, though, even with the recent losses. Oh, absolutely crazy. 84, where we are six points behind L.A., Two points, two points ahead of Edmonton, three of Seattle, blah, 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 to keep our spot. We might be looking at something along the likes of 100 and... Definitely over 100, no kidding. I'm sure, I'm sure you're real surprised hearing me say that. <laughs> um, so 16 points away for 100. That's eight more wins or whatever, a combination of things. Eight wins in the best-case scenario. That's... Is that really 16 points? Yeah, my brain is all messed up right now. Yeah, it is. Jeez. That's that's a lot. 16. I'll say like 105. 105. Just to, to absolutely guarantee where we're at at the moment, to guarantee it. It might be, might not be as much, considering Edmonton, Seattle, yeah, and Colorado's obviously had players out forever. But if they ever kind of click and all that, watch the heck out. That type of thing. But I'm going to assume 105 for that. And can they reach the goal? Yes. It's not going to be easy. Man, that does seem kind of far-fetched, doesn't it? Hmm. So it's 15 games remaining. 
So that, but yeah, 15 games remaining, win 8 games to get to 100, win the equivalent of 8 games to get to 100. 105, that'd be like, you know, 10 and a half-ish, you know, that type of thing, 10, 11-ish. It's possible, I know that sounds a little out there. I don't think the Wild are going to win like 50 games this year, but there's always the overtime loss thing. Oh, jeez. I don't know, maybe not, <laughs> maybe not, but maybe it doesn't have to be 105. We'll say like 102. 102, and yes, the Wild will. I'm going to guess it's 102. Because I don't think Edmonton and all these other teams are going to be that great. And the Wild keep it. The Wild keep it, and they can. Yes. That's uh, how I'll go with that one. Yeah, that was a, yeah, it's interesting, considering. Hmm. Yeah. And it does seem like the number is low. It does. Something doesn't seem right, but at least 102, 103. Something like that. I'm getting all wishy-washy here, and I apologize. But that's, I guess, how it goes. Jay Bushy says, What are your feelings on how the players added at the deadline are fitting in? Klingberg fits in fine, but he's a, he is a little shaky, which is a little scary. Sunquist fits in like a glove. I think he's wonderful. Uh, he's like a, a playoff type of guy. Very impressed. And, again, don't have huge expectations for him, but he's certainly showing... That there's more to him than like a 15 to 20 point guy. He's he's probably more of a 35-ish potential type of guy. And just, uh, again, he seems to fit in really nicely with his team. Like, the, the chemistry is like, almost, it was almost like overnight with him. So, I have nothing to complain about him. I think he probably fits in as good as anyone. Marcus Johansson fits in way better than he did uh, last time around. So, I mean, I've been overall pleased with the moves. Nyquist, I think, will be a wonderful addition as well. I mean, this was a good trade deadline for the Minnesota Wilds compared to past seasons. Like, some years you think about who we acquired, and it's like, ugh. Like, even Fleury last year, was he a great acquisition? Didn't feel like it. Certainly didn't. Maybe, like, five years earlier, it would have been like, ooh, or even two or three years earlier. But um, last year, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Sunquist, yeah, I think he fits in perfect. What was his career high? 31? See, I think he's playing it like that kind of guy. Like a a point every half, like a, like a half a point a game, almost almost like that, kind of in that range. He's been, he's, he's been a great fit. Um, again, and I don't expect he'd need like a, a bajillion dollars to stick around with the Wild uh, in the future. And you know, He's under 30, so that's always a good thing as well. Um, Nyquist, we'll see, we'll see. Uh, he's, he's already, you know, he was out there working out again, chain, you know, stick handling and all that, working on the shoulder, so that's hopeful. Um, so we shall see, but I think they're fitting in pretty good so far. It's it's promising, um, and they couldn't have came at a better time, especially in a situation when things are are not so good, right? Or well, with with yeah, with not so good with injuries and such. Yeah, Klingberg's shaky at times, but he does provide an offense. There's no doubt about it. So I think they've been nice additions. It's not like years past where, like, Martin Hensel or whatever was like, oh, boy, what have we done? We took a team that was playing great, and it just ruined everything. Hensel just didn't fit, just did not fit. He was too slow and wasn't that good. And then, um, what was it? White was just an absolute minus. It was like dumb penalties, and he couldn't do anything else. He was awful. Uh, Brian Herrera says, with Kirill out... Do you think they will rest him a little extra to be playoff ready and use the last regular season game to shake off any rust? That sounds like a possibility, considering with, again, there's certainly more depth to this team than there was 
before the trade deadline. Um, it, it's a possibility. It, it kind of depends on how we're playing, I suppose, getting up to that point. And at the same time, again, you don't want Kaprizov to come in, um, you know, to come in almost ready rather than ready-ready, that type of thing. Wouldn't be surprised if Kaprizov's back a couple games before, though, just because, like, on his own thing, like, he, he's, he heals quickly, and again, depending on how severe it is, but I think I, I think it's going to be two games. That's just my guess, but at least one um, to, to shake the rust off, as you say. The last two, uh, looks like there's, yeah, there's two more. I shared one. That's just me sharing from uh, Joe Smith. Marc-Andre Fleury undeciding to try to fight. That one was pretty quick. One of the one of the guys said Bennington hit them in the nuts. In the nutsack. Can I say nutsack? <laughs> okay, he said it three times. Then when I saw him throw another one at our other guy, that was the that was the time. Like, okay, that's it. So he hit him in the nutsack. The nutsack. Is it okay if I say the nutsack? Yeah, well the nutsack, you know, if, if it's not okay to say nutsack, maybe I won't say it. But if it is okay to say nutsack, I'll say it. So I'll so nutsack. Okay, I'm just kidding. That's pretty much what he did there. So, um, yep. Joey needs Robitussin. Get your Robitussin now. Download your Robitussin app and order it from CVS or Walgreens. Okay, sorry. Yes, please. So tell me, uh, this is uh, Mike at M-O-K-O-V-6-5. Yep, Mokov Mike. So tell me, after the first period in the Blues game, did you think, oh, oh no, here we go again. Wild lose. Or did you expect five goals? I expected five goals. I had it in the bag. I knew we had it, and I, you know, I knew exactly what the Wild were going to do because, no, I'm kidding. No, I did not expect five goals. I suspected here we go again. Absolutely was thinking here we go again. I thought we were going to lose like five to three. Um, They did score five goals, but we scored eight. <laughs> so that five goal, uh, the uh, the St. Louis Blues did get to the five goals that I was worried about. I thought it was going to be five to three, four to two, something like that. But you know, the Wild just absolutely went nuts. We went Edmonton Oilers on it, so to speak, as the Oilers, uh, you know, did to Calgary last year and buried their season. Unfortunately, that should wrap up the fan interaction segment. In fact, it's most likely going to. I'll just do a quick little dig here with the uh, interact, uh, not the interaction, but the yeah, notifications. I believe these are all there, which is nice. Yeah, I think we're safe. So thank you very much for your interaction, all of you. I really appreciate it. Major shout-outs to um, at MNW Prospects, yeah, Minnesota Wild Young Guns, MNW Young Guns. Really love the page. Pavel Burnett, Justin Bakke of the Sound the Foghorn podcast, uh, Brandon Quast, awesome guys. Brandon Quast, of course, a Packer fan, so he's, you know, obviously commenting a bit about Aaron Rodgers leaving Green Bay. But, uh, yep. <laughs> but, of course, again, you guys do such a great job keeping up with the prospects. It's really an, an honor uh, to be a part of it, even though I have been so invisible of late. So, and I always apologize for that. Minnesota Wild Global, Scott Cavendish. Scott Cavendish. Chance Costick, David Costick. David Abraham, Michael Fick, Kathy Mean, Chad Wolski, some awesome people on that page. Always appreciate them and their conversations and the great hockey knowledge. Pablo Vanette's a major part of that one as well. Major part. He's one of the main admins there. He's on the Mount Rushmore of Minnesota Wild Global, no doubt about that. And then Patrick Turner of Minnesota Wild uh, Nation. Really appreciate coming in out of Florida. 
really appreciate you and the fan base in Florida. You guys are some of the coolest people that there is. And really hoping this Minnesota Wild team continues to play as well as they have. Uh, if you want to call into the show, people haven't been doing it in, in eons and eons and eons. Because I guess fan interaction, hashtag BGWMN is more appealing. It's maybe it's easier. But you can always call in as well. If you do, basically to do that, it's called an audio submission. Just use your smart device. Open any smart device on the planet. There are free voice recording apps on all of them. Open it up, press record, treat it like a phone call, and then when you're done, email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com. I will then convert it into an MP3 file. Thanks to Zumzar with a Z.com, and I believe there's one more, but I always forget what it's called. It's like a cloud. I don't have it. Yeah, okay, yep. Um, uh, cloud convert. Cloud convert. So those are two possible ways that you can change the, uh, you can, but yeah, so you don't have to do that. I do it. Maybe that's why some people haven't been calling in. You're not the one converting it. I'll do it. You don't, I'm not expecting you to do that for me. If you want to, okay. If you're like techie and all that stuff, but it's a real simple thing, but I'll take care of it and they make it nice and easy for me. So I'm giving them a free plug. With that said, please write a positive rating on Apple Podcasts uh, or any of the other apps that allow you to do that, like an Audible and such. Those of you that have, I really appreciate it. Anybody willing to in the future, thank you in advance. It would be great. It really helps the page with that, or the page. It helps the show long-term. With that said, hopefully the Wild do continue to uh, persevere through this very tough schedule. It'll get a little bit easier for a little while and get tough again, and I don't know. That's how it goes. Kind of like the weather. Hot, cold, hot, cold. <laughs> And warm, springy-like, and then here comes the snow. You know, that kind of thing. So we'll see what happens with this team in the coming weeks. Until next week, take care, and maybe, maybe we'll see what happens next week. I'll leave that as is. Mm-hmm.